Hello and welcome to Commodity Conversations by the team at Mercado, the podcast where we aim to keep you up to date with the key trends, drivers and moves in livestock, grain and fibre markets. I'm Olivia Agar. Thanks for listening into another episode. The wool market has been holding fairly steady for a while now, and that's despite a number of contradicting factors impacting supply and demand. So we're going to try and make some sense of all that today. And for that, we've brought Andrew Woods back on, who is Mercado's Wool Analyst and Director of Independent Commodity Services. The other focus today is questions that have been coming through the supply chain more and more, and it's about quality scheme certified wool. Particularly today, we're looking at Responsible Wool Standards, or RWS. Andrew shares his insight into what sort of price incentives are flowing back to producers for wool in this niche segment of the market in Australia, and what it looks like in South Africa, where RWS-accredited wool is a much larger proportion of the wool clip. So a really interesting episode to listen into today, but before we get into it, a few highlights from the market this week, and of course, the story is all about rain. So for cattle markets, it's just dumping more fuel on the fire of the hot restocker market and prolonging the positive outlook. A rain event like this will slow down supply of lambs and slow down their weight gain at a time when normally we would see lambs gaining at their fastest. But we'll be watching for some hot days once the rain clears to really drive up feed growth and lamb weights. There will be plenty of harvesters on halt until things dry up and some farmers will be nervous waiting to get back in the header. It'll probably be another week or so before we know what the impacts are and get a picture of the quality profile of the grain. But that's it from me today. I'll hand over to Rob and Andrew now. Enjoy the episode. Meridian Agriculture is a multidisciplinary specialist consultancy established by Dr. Mike Stevens. Meridian 16 consultants spread across six locations in New South Wales and Vic employ an evidence-based, scientific approach to farming and a personalised manner with their clients. Meridian specialises in improving both financial and operational aspects of farming enterprises and guiding families through the often difficult transition of succession planning. Head to their website meridian-ag.com.au to learn more. Welcome Andrew Woods from ICS. Again, it's very good to have you on board. Andrew, the wool market is uh, sort of just treading water or some would say maybe even floundering a little bit, but there's a lot happening in the market, if, if I can say that. And I note today that I think AWI reported that, you know, while Chinese interest was dampened, the Europeans are coming back in uh, and, and are quite strong. Just tell us what's happening in the general market. And I know that one of the things you look at is how wool, how wool's competitive fibres are performing and how that might impact on the wool market. Yep. Hello, Rob. Um, good, nice to be back. Where do we start? Well, background, the background to the to the wool market. You've got there's a couple of probably bigger factors operating at the moment. There's one's a sort of medium term factor, and that's that's sort of the general economic current, if you like, and that's probably going against a whole host of things uh, for the for the next uh, six or nine months. And that's you can look at that through a thing called the credit impulse, which is sort of the acceleration of credit for China, US and Europe. And so, so there's a nice nautical term, that's a headwind for the market, if you like. So that, that stops prices from lifting too much. But there's another factor that's been operating, in China, particularly in China, but in other places, uh, but China where a lot of wool is processed, 
um, before it's um, either sent to be pro further processed elsewhere or sent to be sold elsewhere. And that's that's been this big energy crunch that the, the, the Chinese economy's run run into and uh, in the last couple of months. And that's that energy crunch for various for whatever reasons or a number of reasons has pushed energy prices up, which pushes the price of uh, running factories up. And that's and so you've seen that we've seen the uh, the cost of feedstock in uh, uh, for man-made fibers rise really strongly. Uh, on the back of that, and that's pushed fibre prices up. So, so we've had that short-term stimulus, and that that is just, that's run its course, and they're sort of backing off a bit. Uh, but having said that, cotton is not backing off much. It's sort of uh, holding its high ground. So there are sort of contradictory uh, factors operating in the market. So taking that into account, you know, sort of gives us a bit of an understanding of, of why this market is sort of hovering where it is, but. Of course, within the market, there are other factors, and, and we've got this fine wool, or in these cases, super fine wool versus medium wool basis prices, and, and that's changed a bit over time. And I was looking back on the chart you sent out today where you showed the 17 micron basis over 21, I think, and it was sort of mid to late 2020 when it started to break out. And, of course, that, that can be traced back to the drought breaking earlier and, and volumes changing. What's happening now and what's the what's likely to be the move going forward for that fine wool premium? So uh, the difference in prices between the different micron categories is, is uh, I think, it'd be fair to say, primarily driven by changes in supply. We're the major, we as in Australia, is the major marina supplier in the world. So our as we go through our drought and wet year cycles, that switches, that influences supply of merino wool by shifting the, uh, the diameter distribution, a micron distribution left or right. And you've got, the, so you, you get these big swings in the broad and fine wools. So that, uh, as, you, as you say, uh, um, beginning sort of autumn or mid 2020, uh, uh, things began to broaden up because we were recovering from that from the three years of drought in the eastern states, and that as these as it broadened up, the the, the supply of uh, twenty to twenty two micron merino rose strongly, and the supply of seventeen finer fell. As that happens, the the price relativities uh, uh, do the opposite. So the final prices go up, and broadwool prices effectively go down. Now that's run its course, in, particularly in. Southern New South Wales, the Riverina, in the Victoria, in the South Australia, uh, uh, and so the the Merino um, Micron in those in those regions or that combined regions starting to fall again, which is a bit of a surprise because you look around there's a big bulk of feed, but anyway, the point being it's that change of season, the improvement is run its course and and finished. So the uh, the uh, Western Australia's uh, still improving, so their season is much better this year than last year. So their their marina clips half a micron broader. So um, uh, they they they're doing what we did in the east a year ago, and so uh, the supply of fine wool is actually starting to pick up a bit. Um, not a lot, but pick up a bit. It's not falling, and the supply of 20, 21 and twenty two micron marinos just starting to fall a bit, rather rather than rising by fifty percent year on year. And that's allowing that micron price curve, which has been quite quite steep, 
So big differences in prices between 21, 19s, down to 17s, uh, 15s, that's allowing it to start to, uh, to flatten out a bit. And you'd think that's going to persist over the next 12 months or so. And that, that's a good explanation of, of what drives those premiums. Of course, we've now got, at the moment, you know, big late rains coming across uh, the east coast, east start, or most of Australia. Um, so whether that, you know, is, is significant or not, time will tell. But um, I think the, the message here is, Andrew, that, you know, perhaps that extreme fine wool premium has run its course. And, and we might see that the market sort of hovers back to where it normally trades in those levels. Yeah, that's a good question. What is normal? I think it's normal you have to really put a, a line through a couple of cycles, but I think it'd be fair to say those uh, those micron premiums, are, are the, are differences in price are going to narrow up. Now, how far they, you're quite right, how far they narrow up really depends on the seasonal conditions, which then drives supply over the next, 12, 18 months. But there is another factor, and that's that's the old, uh, old factor of demand reacting. And so the, the, the whispers coming back out of China over the last three or four or five months of being that the, the, the focus is just shifting from sub-19 out to 19 and a half, 21s, 22 and a halves. And you see that in the market. And uh, so that that's happening. So there's a there's a that there's a section of demand has said, look, as uh, 17s and 19s are too expensive. We're going to 21s and 22 and a half. And, yep. and that's happening. And then you've got the, um, the European interest, which which by reports is is stronger now than it has been. So there's a lot of uh, interesting times ahead for the market. I just want to switch tack for a minute, Andrew. And um, I noticed that you've you've really been able to gather some some data on on these quality schemes and uh, particularly the RWS, Responsible Wool Sourcing, which is a global scheme uh, run by the textile organisation. I think, I think they're the ones who run it. So it's across a few countries and it's very interesting some of the data you've brought up. Now, I just want you, if you wouldn't mind, just going back to basics a bit, but South Africa seems to produce a reasonable proportion of this wool. And so that sort of gives us some sort of lead on, on prices. Well, it, it, you're right. So the RWS scheme is an uh, animal welfare scheme and, and um, it's, uh, it's present in, I think it's, well, certainly present in South Africa, Australia, New Zealand and Argentina and Uruguay, as far as I know. I'm not sure about Chile. But, uh, so uh, about the, the Cape Wools, the market reporting organisation for the South African greasy wool market, uh, uh, in late September started to report a, a weekly on their weekly sales, break out the, the volumes of RWS, which is really interesting, uh, and also the premiums for RWS. Now, the South African market's a lot. I got asked this uh, yesterday, why isn't the, the Australian market reporting these premiums? And there's, there's a couple of good reasons at this stage. One, um, South Africa has got something like 30%, I think 25% this week of their Merino clip accredited to RWS. So you've got a bit of volume to play with. Um, to give you an example, as a comparison in Australia, we'd be something like two, two and a half percent of our Merino fleece would be accredited on a clean base. So there's not much to play with. And then secondly, South Africa tends to be uh, a shorter clip. They, they shear more often. Uh, Shearing is a bit cheaper. And so they, they, 
the long long staple for them in their reporting anyway is about 80 mils so um so they don't uh, they don't have the issue of of lengths so we, we cover everything from uh, if you're talking combing walls from 50 to 120 mils and yes. um, so there's a big difference in price uh, for those different uh, lengths and and because you've got those lengths you've got a big range in staple strength so the combination makes it difficult to easily report price differentials whereas south africa is just it's a bit plainer and simpler um so uh, yeah south africa's got 30 uh, uh, season or season to date on what the report about 30 percent of their marina clippers accredited to rws so that, that gives them a chance to be able to uh, pull out good good solid numbers and report them so their, their clip ranges across the micron range as well. Does it range as far as the Australian spread of microns? No, it tends to be. It's a bit, it's a bit like the, uh, the Western Australian clip or our, our Eastern clip was 20 years ago. So really 17 through the 22 micron. They don't go much finer. Well, they don't report much finer than that. Uh, whereas our average micron in Australia in total is, about, is 19. And... Uh, so our big categories really are seven, um, 18, 19, and 20. And then you've got 17 and 21 making up, coming up next, and then you've got the other categories. Yeah. So in, the, in that reporting, you mentioned about reporting those prices, and, and clearly there's a, the reason to report them is to identify whether there's a difference in the price. So what did they find in the Cape Wolves reports? What's been the pattern and, uh, and what's the most recent observations? Um, well, it's pretty impressive. Uh, uh, they, they report on a percentage terms by micron, half micron category, but basically it's about three bucks Aussie a kilo flat across all the 17 through 22 micron. It varies a bit. This week it was a bit more than that. So I'm not sure. So it looks like it's a flat premium applied across the different micron categories. So uh, it's in percentage terms, it's less for the finer walls and more for the broader walls. Now, so I went looking for that in Australia. Um, it's fiddly work, but uh, uh, there's, there's a little bit of the broader. Um, so when I say broader marina in Australia, it's 20 microns through, say, 22, and uh, get, uh, uh, accredited to RWS, and lo and behold, they're getting sort of yeah, 10, 15, 20% premiums. So uh, they're sort of anywhere between $1.50 and $3. So that's, that's very significant because, um, you know, for years farmers have thought that, you know, not all, not all wool clips are, wool, uh, are the same, Andrew. And, um, <laughs> and, and getting some sort of recognition has been an objective. It hasn't been easy, though, because we know going back over time that, you know, some of these objectives of getting quality assurance programs in place and trying to get value for them hasn't always worked. So what are you seeing in it, Andrew? What's driving this? We're, we're, obviously, somebody wants the wool and... I guess they're limited to the wall that's accredited. Exactly. So Textile Exchange has done, done a really good job selling the concept to the retail brands and the demand's coming back upstream from the retail brands. Uh, uh, and so they've done the sales pitch down there before the supply was ready. Uh, the, the, the New Zealanders will argue that they've, they've been involved in this and New Zealand Marino have been... Um, uh, supportive of RWS uh, for a while, and so their their wool that's offered in say Melbourne for sale is all RWS accredited. Um, 
but basically the demand exceeds supply. And so the, the premiums are quite high. I, I hear and I, I suspect it's right. When the premiums get in there around 20%, the, the supply chain's thinking very hard about it. So there, there, there will be an upper limit to what they can pay. And, and you would think if those sort of premiums will encourage supply, and as supply uh, comes on, you'd think that the, uh, the, the premium would be, become less. Well, I'm talking to Andrew Woods today, and we're talking all things wool, as we usually do, Woodsy. Um, it's interesting you mentioned that supply chain will adjust around 20%. The, and you just I think you just said this, but it will adjust at both ends. It, it will be an incentive for producers to consider you know, their approach to, to this product. Um, if, if, they can, if they can meet the criteria, and, and you know, there are, as you say, there are animal welfare criteria that are applied, but um, it's certainly an incentive at these prices. Yep, sure is. Um, very much so. So um, does that mean that suddenly we're all, <laughs> the world's going to become RWS accredited and, and there won't be a premium, there'll be a discount for the bit that's not? Yeah, possibly. As you know, well, um, there's parts of Australia that find mulesing an invaluable management tool and, mm. of course, to become RWS accredited, you've got to be non-mules. So there's all those sort of issues to work through yet. Um, but it's interesting that... Uh, 30% of South Africa. Um, I'd be interested to see if that, you'd think with those sort of premiums of South African clips, the share would, or the RWS accredited would start to rise. So I suppose we'll watch that over the next 12 months and see a reaction to that. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting. I mean, there is an argument to say that as you get the commodity shrinks, and, you know, there's no doubt the wool clip has shrunk over the time that we've been talk, watching it, um, then it becomes more opportunistic to niche marketers and so perhaps that's what we're seeing and maybe it's also an evolution of what the customer is wanting and 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 this is certainly customer driven if we're seeing those sort of premiums Andrew. Yeah that revolves around always revolves around who the customer is. I think there's a little bit of an issue there in my mind about the the customer the retail customers driving on-farm management's problematical. So uh, in Victorian terms, you don't really want to go into a cafe in Fitzroy and ask what you should be doing on farm, do you? Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, not, uh, not at all. And I know. <laughs> but, uh, um, but certainly the, the brand, you know, some of those major retail brands have jumped on board with this because they see it's a really good story. And they're certainly keen and, and, you know that because you, I, I, I've fielded questions about supply of RWS now for the last 12 months about what, how much is there and what's it going to be available from a whole range of people. And so, if you, you know, if you're fielding that, those questions from some people, then then uh, it's it's a topic top of mind in the supply chain. Um, yes, and and the, the questions obviously being asked of them, so they're they're then coming to try and find out what supplies there. It should be noted also that um, you know RWS accreditation gets you into the Snyder program, which is the um, Authentico. I mean, there are cross benefits of um, of being there, and I think um, I think the the as you say, the producers who are able to modify their management systems to stop musing and and get involved should be looking very closely at the crediting. I don't see any negatives to being part of the program, Andrew. As always. 
it's uh, it's great to talk to you. Um, we really appreciate your time and your insights on Mercado. We wish you all the best. Look out for a bit of rain coming your way. I understand that Wagga might might be copping a bit like the rest of the uh, Eastern Seaboard. Yeah, just stay in the spit now. <laughs> all right. Well, all the best. Thanks again, and we'll talk soon. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for listening to another episode of Commodity Conversations. If you're looking for more detailed information on commodity markets, you can head to the Mercado website and pick up a premium subscription, which will give you full access to all our archive of reports, as well as all the fresh analysis as it's delivered and access to our team of analysts. Thanks again. And until next week, take care.